You're listening to the Connect Church podcast featuring the pastoral staff of Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. This podcast delivers biblical truths, hot topic discussions, and encouragement you need on your daily journey to live like Christ. The Human Resources Department requires that I be available. Not sure if the invite cards are nifty, but the mustache is definitely not. He's in charge of our children. What are we doing? I don't. Here are your hosts, Terry Pierce, Andrew Pierce, and Tanner Stahl. Thank you all for being here. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 70. Which episode is it? Episode 70 of the podcast. What was last week? Last week was the continuation of episode 68. Okay, all right. right. To be continued. Got it. So this is episode uh, 70 of the podcast. And uh, today is Tuesday, November the 29th. And I don't know if you're going to even get to hear this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, because... Tornado City is coming today, supposedly. This is uh, our last day here. Right, mm-hmm. so we'll find out. Have they canceled schools yet? Not yet. Uh, Taylor said earlier she's waiting on a text, you know, just come get your kid text. Ugh. So What <laughs> what what Torcon level are we? I have no idea. Seven. Know. Are we seven? Seven out of ten. Is That, that means good? there's a 70% chance of a tornado within 50 miles of you. Oh, okay. You know, and I didn't know in high school and college, if I would have been rated seven out of a 10, I would have taken <laughs> that and ran good. with it. Yeah. <laughs> doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Belen would be glad to know that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that we don't know what the weather's going to hold, but we know who holds tomorrow. Amen. Amen. And I know who holds my hand. So, uh, speaking of seven out of 10, how's Arkansas's rankings? I didn't see this morning. So, we fell to 11. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, good. we were nine. We yeah. lost to Creighton by three yeah. in a. I don't know if you saw that block. I can't remember oh, I we did. were talking about it or I not. Did. But yeah. That game. So, we're was just incredible. done with football yeah. completely? Duh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was done in week four. What are you talking about? <laughs> But he frees to Auburn, so anyway. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Here we go. Whore Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> I have not new, heard that. That's I the new joke. Not heard that. That's awesome. I have not heard you that. You couldn't one. say the episode number, but you can say that. <laughs> I said war. I said, <laughs> you did not say I said war. war Eagle. It's a biblical term. <laughs> I, I know what I heard. It so is. That, that is a biblical term. That's right. <laughs> he, he is the new whore of Babylon. I have not heard that. That's amazing. That Amazing. Awesome. That is awesome. Y'all need to get on Twitter. I mean, yeah. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, Instagram's a little bit more polite, I guess. Oh, no, Twitter is, is a cesspool of negativity. Yes, that is hilarious. I'm downloading Twitter right now for the memes. I, I texted this to uh, Shane and, and uh, the Landers. Let me pull it up so I can read it because uh, it was too good. It was a total copy and paste from Twitter. It wasn't uh, mine, but I, uh, I had to send it to him because it's hilarious. You know, because if you remember how the deal went, they didn't get Lane, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And then, okay, we're getting Hugh. And then, oh, we didn't get Hugh. There's boosters, yeah. you know, complaining about right. whatever, which right. is total hypocrisy since you have Bruce Pearl on your staff, but whatever. Right, right. right. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> and then it became, okay, they're getting Hugh back. So, the, here's what it said. It said, the deal was done much earlier until he insisted that he be paid in completely $1 bills. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, no. so I, oh, I guess he made gosh. some concessions. Well, I was going to say the, the standards with Bruce Pearl and then him. So you know, so they 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 got him already. I like said, Bruce so. Pearl. Well, I, I do too. Yeah. I think he's a great coach. 
Well, I he, thought Hugh Freeze is a great coach. He yeah, just uh, had are. a questionable recruiting tactics. I've never thought that Hugh Freeze was a great coach. Oh, I thought he was an excellent coach. I just he, I he did Ole Miss. Yeah, they were rocking with Ole Miss. But well, it's because they were able to recruit so well. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, if he wasn't doing that, how do I know if he's a good coach or not? You know? Well, Liberty versus Arkansas. Well, he he, he, uh, <laughs> we, uh, he, he cr- recruited some good Christian guys in Liberty, so they were <laughs> balling soon. Him and Jerry Falwell. You know, after they beat Arkansas, they lost three in a row. Yeah. Lost to UConn, Virginia Tech by a point, and then got just uh, blasted by New Mexico State, forty-nine to fourteen. Wow! They lost wow. to New Mexico State. Wow. Yeah, have they even won another game outside of Liberty? <laughs> no, I'm talking about uh, Liberty. Liberty after they beat Arkansas, they lost to UConn. Right, Virginia that's what Tech I'm saying. Has New Mexico State beaten oh, anybody yeah, else yeah, other yeah. than Liberty? Like, yeah. Yeah. no, they were no, they were like. Yeah, that's really what really. I saw uh, uh, trending was the New Mexico State. So you hire the guy that loses to New Mexico State. Right. They were so, like yeah. 1 in 11 this so year. So either choice for Auburn, you know, Ole Miss had lost four out of five. And yeah. then uh, uh, Hugh Freeze had lost right. three in a row. So you're getting a loser either way. So nice. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, anyways, uh, so that's enough college football talk. Whoa, how do we even get on that? Because I asked you about Arkansas basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Arkansas basketball. Oh, man. That was I mean, a great it's game. It's just a good time to be yeah. alive in Arkansas basketball. I've, I went back, and, of course, I, we've been traveling uh, to see my parents and stuff in Illinois, so I was got them taped, and I watched Duke play a couple of games. I got one more to watch, catch up, and then they play the Big Ten Classic stuff tomorrow night. But, anyway, you guys played last night? We uh, played last night, and uh, we were a struggle win. You know, Hawaii <laughs> hangover, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we won by like four, 13 or fourteen, but yeah. it was we should not have. It shouldn't have been that close. It was uh, it was interesting. So yeah, uh, I, I like your team. They they're very talented, uh, good group. So uh, did you see the dunk toward the end of the game from mm-hmm. Ricky Council? Yeah. I mean, just like yeah. It was. It felt like that Michael Jordan Space Jam dunk. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you get to the rim from where you jumped? Yeah, out? no, he was. He jumped that was out of the gym. That was that, that was, was interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that guy is a transfer from Wichita State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was a bench player. I know. That's, that's just sixth man of the year. Weird. How? Yeah. Illinois. I mean, Duke, Duke got a guy from Illinois that is a like grad student. It's his fifth year is using the COVID year, and he's uh, played four years of college or three years of college basketball, whatever it is. And he's uh, he's coming off the bench uh, with Duke. It's crazy, you know. And he's like twenty four, and so, so it's just weird stuff with the transfer. Got to get you some men. You gonna yeah. play in the big leagues? Yeah. Uh, poor brother Chuck is just hitting that. Uh, you know, oh yeah, he's, up, he's, he's totally seconds. Yeah, he's, thirty yeah, seconds. He's out. He's out. But it yeah. ties in well because Arkansas basketball gives me hope. hope. Not right? the football, but hope. no, not the football. <laughs> the football is uh, is taking away my hope. We had our hope last year, um, but the basketball has given us hope, and our hope is alive, Amen. just like a church in Takorazawa, Tokyo, Japan. Anyways, um, all right. <laughs> Terry, I thought, now, you, would, I thought you would catch the Japan reference. I, to the I, I, absolutely. Uh, admittedly, you're going to have to when we get to the end. The whole puppy story. Okay, you lost me at the puppy story. Did I? Yeah, okay. you Sorry. really did. Yeah. Both both services. I was like, what? I don't even know what he's talking about. So <laughs> you're going to have to fill me in on that one. So. All right. All right. Uh, anyways, all right. Take it. Take it from there. Hope is alive. Yeah. So Where we're in go? the uh, normal, traditional. Um, <laughs> Eastern Christianity, Western Christianity, a realm of celebrating Christmas, and we do that for um, a month. And so anyway, uh, we went through familiar passages that nobody's ever heard of in Isaiah 9, uh, 2 through 7, and uh, unto us a child is born. Never and, heard that and, before. No, uh-uh. And so, <laughs> Especially uh, in December. Right, right, right. So we talked about the fact that we tried to 
bring it from a little bit uh, of a fresh approach, and we dove into the history of Israel and Isaiah 8 and the gloom and the darkness that pervaded the people and uh, what was going on. And so we gave a, a, we sort of launched off with a quote from Dr. John Oswelt, Old Testament Bible scholar, and his name is, he's as smart as his name sounds. And anyway, uh, he just summarized the text as saying, Israel chose their own way rather than God's way, trusting in human glory rather than in God. And he caps, uh, in, he uh, describes in, um, and, and if you will, uh, paraphrases what was going on is the fact that the nation of Israel had been plunged into darkness, depravity, their culture, and we, we sort of uh, took a deep dive into that as far as of how bad their society was and compared that to the relational uh, of our day, uh, relationships of our day, and uh, how our culture and society has sort of dipped into living in fear and culture because we've chosen our own way rather than God. Gods. And so that sort of became a launching point that we need hope because it is a dark season. Um, many would say here in our country, around the world, and as it was in those days. So in since, nothing's changed. I'm going to read your quote, uh, since you didn't quite make it there, your Dr. Danny Aiken quote. Yes. Because of this light shining into darkness, the people respond with overpowering joy. In the same way, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ has defeated Satan's yoke of sin in our lives. Amen. Um, Dive into that for us, if you will, Brother Terry. So then we we transitioned into Matthew 1, and we uh, took it to the place of Joseph and segued in, into that of how that Jesus was born to Joseph, and we sort of tell the story of how that salvation has come to set us free in our darkness, and and we related it, which, you know, though I'd ever really done um, you know, a good job of that, tried to this weekend, is that uh, we often, you know, and I you know hit our folks pretty hard with we get whiny and we get self-pity parties about how bad our life is and then I tell the story again of a fresh approach of looking at Joseph's life and knowing that uh, you go to you know and all three of us could testify you know there wasn't like women were lined up to get us and so uh, Joseph goes and finally picks Speak one for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and so Joseph goes to pick out you know his bride and uh, give her the uh, Jewish engagement ring version uh, we went into that a little bit and so so uh, she says, yeah, cool, uh, I'll let you marry me, but um, I'm pregnant. And so, you know, uh, that was a little bit of a downer. And so Joseph was going to do what we all do is our natural reaction to our circumstances and situation. And the angel of God appears to him and says, listen, I need you to let God factor come into this. And um, and it's, it's a great example of Isaiah chapter 9 of the darkness in their life, the darkness in Joseph's personal life, and how that we always forget the God factor of allowing God into our darkness. And that's what Jesus really ultimately came to do in this season that brings us hope. And so I think it was really, uh, to me, that was a fresh approach and a good analogy that no matter what you're going through, uh, Joseph had a reason to cop out and handle things. And he would have been totally justified by all of us in saying, put her away and do the, you know, the thing that's supposed to be done in the cultural norm. But how many mistakes have we made just doing what everybody else wanted us to do rather than letting God bring hope into our situation? Thoughts? None? 
I have not watched the. <laughs> well, you you look like you're about to say something. So I, yeah, I, I did too. I yeah. thought he was biting in there. I'm not gonna lie. I was uh, traveling uh, on Sunday and stuff. We did go to church somewhere else, but <laughs> well, that's good. Um, I'm not. I made it. They through. went to one of them Assembly of God Holy Roller Pentecostal churches, non-denominational, where they raised non-denominational, their hand. non-denominational. Um, no, I I've actually not had a chance to watch a live stream. We, they did speak on hope, ironically. Um, you know, it well, seems to be you're the dismissed. Theme. All right. So, <laughs> but a completely different story. So I won't get into that. Um, but now I'm really curious to go back and watch because it sounds good. <laughs> I, I saw the worship part, if that helps. I already told Tanner about that. But <laughs> The presence of darkness threatens our hope. Now, you know, my, my question that I'll pose to you yes. is of those in the lost and dying world, okay, especially in Japan, as we talked about, you yes. know, and even those around us. They don't even know that they're in the darkness. True. You know, so how do we uh, convince them that we have a hope? Yes. I would argue, first of all, the the premise, uh, what you're correctly stating sociologically, but I would argue that... Well, you lost me at sociologically. <laughs> Sorry. I uh, didn't mean to, get to, to go deeper there real fast. But anyway, uh, I would argue that uh, while they don't um, recognize their darkness, they know they're in the darkness, just like all of us do. They're just not recognizing it because their suicide rate is off the charts. It's much higher than ours. Uh, the depression rate in Japan is, you know, astronomical, and their people live, you know, without, you know, the joy and the hope that they're looking for. They just fail to recognize it because they're so busy with all of their, you know, high achievement of, you know, material things and, and the other things that they do so well. So I would just argue that the premise is, you know, not even necessarily correct, that, that they're just not recognizing the darkness, which creates a whole other discussion that's same for us, is that uh, we oftentimes, just like in Joseph, he had a dark situation came into his life. The nation of Israel had the darkness of, you know, the culture around them, but their own depravity and living in fear of, you know, the enemies are now destroying them. I would argue and contend today that how are we handling the darkness of our country? We can't afford Christmas. We can't afford gas. Uh, we can't, uh, and you can't, you're scared to death to go outside and take your kids anywhere because they're going to be exposed to something or somebody or, you know, get robbed, raped or whatever. And we're terrified to live in this country. And what are we doing? We're going to political means, you know, to try to solve our problems or, you know, or we want, you know, political politicians to do this. And rather than everybody's butt on to be running to church and crying out to God, forgive us, heal us, because we have screwed this country up and we desperately need your help. So, you know, our problem isn't, you know, the fact of the darkness that we don't even recognize it as being dark. And so you can't help somebody out of darkness until they first admit, you know, I'm in a mess. That's right. Um, God's presence has come to give us hope. Um, I like your first sentence in your uh, manuscript here. The hard part about hope is that it often takes longer than we would like to be fulfilled, and that is so stinking true. Wasn't that so good? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was what my favorite point. So the message was is that, you know, as a pastor, all right, is that you, you get to see people that, you know, we want instant hope. I've got a microwave. I got a, you know, I've got a, a air fryer, um, you know, all those kind of things. I love and my so, air fryer. See, I got to talk to you about that after the meeting because I was thinking about getting Blend something like that for Christmas. So I don't post that at these things. You know that, right? So. <laughs> so, well, and she's our only listener. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Spoiler yes, what, Malin? I know, I know those other seven people listening are going to call her and tell her, did you yeah. hear what Terry said on the podcast? Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that's a big deal. Uh, and that's, you know, back to our country thing is, you know, we need to go back to Jesus and let him correct our problems in our nation. No, we'll vote for a politician because we want instant rather than the process. And we gave the story of the Gave plant. Did you get that story, Tanner? I got it. Yes. Okay, 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 it, okay. I had no idea that that, you know, when you send me the pictures, fact, yeah. well, when you send me the pictures, I didn't even realize it was the same plant. Yeah. You yeah. know, so. Isn't that crazy? 20 to 30 years, it just sits there and all of a sudden it shoots up. Unless know. somebody cuts it down. Yes. Yeah. 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 But anyway. But anyway, what was the puppy story? Well, we'll get there. That's, that's come at, that's at the end. We're at the end. At the heart of Christmas. It's at the end, and I'm you know. How many sermons did he do? <laughs> we actually were fairly close on time. I'm not buying. It was it. a little shorter than last week, but last week's was really long. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we were uh, out 11:50. I was, you know, I'm in here listening, and I'm waiting for RQ to come in, and both services. I'm like, <sighs> I I must have missed a main part of the story or a sentence because I just don't I don't get what's going on here. And then I come out and I'm playing the piano and I'm also thinking like, what is he talking about? <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah. Third point. Sorry. At the heart of Christmas is hope. hope. Or did you want to keep talking about the plant? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> At the heart of Christmas is hope. There are many distractions during the Christmas season. This message is a reminder that hope is offered to us through Jesus's arrival in the manger. And that's what Christmas is all about. Like, I don't understand. Me and Sadie had a conversation about this Sunday night mm-hmm. after church, after we got home from a connect group. We had connect group up here in this yeah. in this very room. But anyways, um, we were talking about Christmas and whatever, and, I, yeah. and she said uh, people who don't uh, go to church and don't believe in Jesus, why do they celebrate Christmas? I said, I don't know. That's a great question because yeah. I sure don't celebrate their holidays. Right, know, right, so, right. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why <laughs> they want the, they that, want the but. gifts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, it's just presents and yeah. fun time with family. Yeah. You know, but anyways, go ahead. Continue. Oh, well, no, I was, uh, I've already told the story. So what do you want to know about this, the dog story? The dog story. Yeah, like, maybe you're going to have to tell it again and, or maybe I just need to read it because it just, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, in, it's a, it's in, a in, Dr. James Dobson story. So Belen's favorite preacher. And so, um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Stella just, uh, struggling with Christmas. Her husband's died a couple of months earlier Stella. and, uh, Stella. And so is Wait, that is Stella the dog or the. Stella's the wife, uh, the, is the, is the wife. Yes. Stella's this would have made it excellent if the Stella was the dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Yes. And so Stella's the wife and her husband dies around October ish. And so her husband, um, so this is where it gets a little tricky. Her husband goes to the dog store, whatever that is, and, uh, buys a, a puppy that's not yet born. And so he says, when the puppy gets born, train it, you know, whatever you call it, um, um, make it potty train i'm already and so, confused and so um so he he goes ahead and dies in october of cancer and so then the delivery guy says i want you to do this six months later is after the mommy gives birth to the little puppy get a house train then i want you to take it to my wife uh, a week before christmas and deliver the puppy and say it's for me and he wrote a message to her in an envelope and so she receives this two months after he passed away so and, and it ties into hope. How? Because when she opens up 
the box and the little puppy jumps on her and all that stuff. And then she reads the message and her husband says to her, she hopes it don't pee in the floor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she hopes it doesn't pee in the floor, but uh, the message says, I just wanted to send you a message to remind you that uh, don't give up, keep going. You are loved. And even though I'm gone, this is a message reminder that, you know, that, that God is still with us and that one day we'll be reunited. And so she gets the puppy and she goes downstairs and she brings all the Christmas gifts up and she decides to not, bypass Christmas and to celebrate Christmas because the puppy brought her hope. Hope. What happens when the puppy dies? That would be another problem. Oh, <laughs> she's she's out of hope. Yes. The hope has well, gone. I'm, I'm guessing she's older. That's where so. my mind went. <laughs> I'm guessing she's older and she goes before the puppy. Well then where does the puppy go? Yeah, I don't like the story. <laughs> he goes back to the pound and this is killed. not bringing me hope. <laughs> He goes back to the pound and is, it is euthanized. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> There's your Christmas miracle. Hey, man. Now it's a good Christmas. Right. <laughs> From the sarcastic church. Call us. <laughs> what? Uh, where are we going next week? We are going to peace. Peace is alive. Yes, peace. No, or peace. <laughs> no, no, peace. Peace is not alive. It's definitely not yeah, alive. Yeah, peace is dead. We're gonna, yeah. Peace yeah. is non-existent. That's your peace sermon, man. Uh, sermon title. That's going to be peace, man. Yeah. So come back next Sunday for peace, peace, uh, which used to be the ending of this podcast. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's uh, take our uh, Daniel Tucker break, and then we will be right back. Have you been looking for a place to call home? Need a place that makes you feel welcome and valued while at the same time growing spiritually in Christ and biblical truths? At Connect Church, our mission is all about loving God, loving people, and making disciples. When we gather together, there's a spirit of worship, a spirit of kindness, and a spirit of welcoming to anyone and everyone who's seeking God's will and truth in their lives. We invite you to visit during one of our two Sunday services to discover how Connect Church can help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Our friendly and spirit-filled worship environment is just the place for you. Visit Connect Church this Sunday during our 9 o'clock or 10.30 a.m. services located at 1650 North Veterans Boulevard in Tupelo, Mississippi. Or you can check out our live stream on our Facebook page or our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church. We look forward to connecting with you. We look forward to connecting you at Connect Church. And uh, we had a good crowd Sunday. There was a lot of people gone, but we still had a good yeah, crowd. Yeah. We had um, folks in Florida and Disney World and everywhere else. Everywhere Thanksgiving. Else. Yep. Um, all right. Well, let's just get into our favorite part of the podcast. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Wait, 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 wait. Which was it? This is the worst. Simply the best. All right. Best and the worst of the whatever you want it to be the last two weeks. Yeah. Who wants to go first? I'm in it, man. So, uh, so I had the best. I'm not even going to have the worst. Uh, so I had a good time at Thanksgiving. Went and saw my mom and dad, and, and I mean, I say good, you know, relative. Anyway, both have dementia, so it was interesting uh, Thanksgiving. So a little, uh, but I got a chance to see cousins and all that kind of stuff. But I love them. Appreciate you guys. Big shout out. But my highlight of the weekend was, you know, I'm not as musically gifted as you two, and I don't get music stuff. So I was a husband. Well, you two is a very famous. 
band, so I, mean, I might as well get to as they are. <laughs> yeah, either. So uh, no, you guys, you guys understand. He even understand that yeah, I got it. I got See it. I so, yeah, was it was interesting. So speaking of bands, uh, I was uh, husband of the year. Is I got my wife tickets to see and hear the Eagles live in concert in Arkansas, and so I was Sunday night in Little Rock at Simmons Bank Arena, and eighteen thousand people packed in to hear the Eagles uh, paying about two hundred dollars a pop. They raked in over three million just in gate fees that night. I forgot y'all were going to that, and so they it did was, a raffle for it, the all the audience. They did a raffle for uh, free colonoscopies. Yeah, it was so was cool <laughs> uh, walking in there. I was strutting my stuff because I was like one of the youngest people in the real. You know, back in the people. old Eagles. Concerts, they would pass reefers going around. You know? It was oh, going yeah. on there too. So this, it was, uh, <laughs> no, they were passing Metamucil around. That's what they were doing. It, 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 it was Viagra. It, it was vape, but I kept telling Belen, I said, What is that perfume? And she goes, That's marijuana, moron. Anyway, so, <laughs> so but. Uh, you say, How do you know? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, she, well, never mind. Anyway, and so, uh, so we're in there and I figured it out. I was so proud of myself. You music guys will get this. Is, you know, I couldn't understand because I've been to Journey, been to foreigner been to other concerts and you know in the course of the um, um winter jam but these guys winter jam <laughs> these guys are the greatest musicians they opened up with you know hotel california had a full orchestra vince gill now took over for the glenn fry's lead singer part he was amazing wow. on there but these musicians the, the the they don't have to put on a show they didn't have all the fireworks all that stuff you literally were just hearing quality uh, craftsmanship in their art in their artistic you know expressions to their writing uh, it was just powerful uh, it was amazing I really I know you know it's a rock concert but it was it was simply I saw the quality difference I understand why they get $500 a ticket normally Little Rock was just a last second venue we got in for 100 bucks a piece which is like one fifth the price, normal price so it was a once in a time once in a lifetime and plus they're almost dead so it was uh, you know that's good. the same arena that I saw Bill Gaither for the first time <laughs> <laughs> and Vestal Goodman. <laughs> the Eagles and Bill Gaither. Right, and so. uh, Vestal Goodman passed away shortly after that concert. I'll so. take the Eagles every but, day of the week. <laughs> there's a good chance that three of those Eagles will be gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so did y'all drive back Sunday night? Or no. Uh, we remember went, having this conversation. We but. went with Terry Becky, Terry and Becky to the wages. So we went to the Purple Cow in yeah. uh, North Little Rock. And we right stayed. Right there Tacos for Life. Uh, yes, right next to it. And we stayed right there at Comfort Inn. And okay. so we spent the night and we got up at ungodly 6 a.m. I don't know what time. They stuck me in the truck. I slept. And so we could bypass Memphis. We went the old little. We got to see Arkansas. Yeah, you went down to Helena. Yes, okay. yes. Oh. Not impressed. Uh, I felt like no, huh. it was the Delta of Mississippi from about Little Rock all the way to there was still all the Delta. Of it's Mississippi. not a bad drive, but there's got to be. We there's got to be another bridge between. There's they got to build another one, bridge. They, need to build they one. got to build another bridge like at Tunica or something. We, you we, know, like. we ran out of gas. We had to go to a little station somewhere in the middle. Yeah. There, there was like one gas station between Little Rock and Helena on the on the river. I mean, literally. And Terry went in there and they go, "We don't take no cards." And so so he, <laughs> so he gave him. He said, "Y'all take cash." He goes, "Yeah, but I'll watch you at the pump." And, and he, so he Terry put it down a hundred dollars and he said, "I'll give you change when you get back." Wow. So, so yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. My best of the week. What would be my best of the week? Um, Thanksgiving food. Thanksgiving food was yes. good. Yeah. So that was mine. Yeah. Uh, I always enjoyed the the food side of what we do with the for sure at the Ingalls House in North Carolina. They get 
the best smoked turkey you ever had. It was really good. It was really good. And then we did Christmas with Ashland's like grandparents and family and stuff. And so we had prime rib for one meal. Nice. We had um, Thanksgiving part two for one meal. There's oysters, there's seafood. I mean, literally just about anything you can imagine. Nice. And the best of the best of it. Oh, I love eating uh, so much with the Ingles for the holidays and stuff, too. So that was delicious. See, you know, he, I mean, he, never talks about, he never talks about this kind of food when y'all have yeah, it. I know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and, and your mom's listening. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Breakfast brunches, but, but, Christmas brunch is still good, too. But, but uh, <laughs> Seafood at the holidays is a win. So I'll give you. Oh, I came prepared for my worst. All right. Do it, what man. was your worst? Turn that happy music off. <laughs> <laughs> Missouri? Yes. <laughs> it's not It's not Missouri, okay? Because I don't give two craps about Missouri. Well, I knew that. Okay. But here, like, so when they brought Missouri into the conference and they try, and they redid the schedule. I, I still hate that. Missouri do doesn't too. belong in our I conference. Me too. Yeah. Um, they redid the schedule and, you know, we always played LSU after mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And that was, it was Legitimate, not, it was yeah. becoming a rivalry. Yeah, okay? like, sure. Let, people use this word like it's. They throw it around too yeah. much. Rivalry, okay? Right, right. A rivalry is not something you just create. Mm-hmm. A rivalry is born yeah. through passion. You in Texas, exactly. Right. Okay, it's 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 got history. Yes, okay, absolutely. So they what they did, you know, they created the battle line rivalry presented by Shelter Insurance. Yeah. First of all, if you have to have a corporate sponsor, it's not a rivalry. Absolutely. Okay? I agree. I agree. They they built this big trophy. Manufacturing it. Yeah. They ma- they, yes, Are they, you serious? They, for, for Arkansas, Missouri? Yes, there's a trophy. That's stupid. It is, and it's the dumbest trophy. That is Leave stupid. Leave that ugly trophy in Missouri. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want to see it. I don't ever want it I know again. You, I know you don't like Mississippi football, but the Egg Bowl is legitimate rivalry. It's a rivalry. And, and it's a legitimate well, trophy. Believe it or not, even that. deeper than that, Ole Miss and LSU have been rivals historically like since the school started sure. their football program. Right, right. Like Ole Miss and LSU fans hate right. each other right. so much. Even more probably so than Mississippi State. But, but Arkansas and LSU would be a legitimate. Oh, yeah. It was growing. Oh, it yeah. was getting, it, it, we had played. But you're never going to grow that in Missouri. Well, Who maybe cares? in 40 years Years Arkansas and Missouri can be a rivalry, no, sure, but no. don't shove it down my throat no, right now. When no. we played, that's just literally, not going to happen. This is how many times Arkansas and Missouri have played in the history of college football. Nine, yeah, times. yeah. That's just that's that's terrible. So there's like no way to motivate. No, exactly. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. Missouri, they seem to really care. Okay, yeah. they really care about that game and that trophy. You can have, have it. it. Yeah, take it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's so ugly. Like, the trophy is the shape of Missouri and Arkansas <laughs> on a pedestal, right? Okay. I can't even imagine what that looks like. And it's – well, here's another thing. Like, it's geographically sound, so I appreciate that part. But Missouri is a much bigger state than Arkansas, right? right? Like, land-wise. So, like, Missouri is this big thing on top of the trophy, and then there's this little Arkansas down here. It's like, <laughs> that, that nice. makes me mad first off right there. And then the, the trophy part of it is there's a the border line – of the two states is interchangeable. It's yellow or red. Okay, so whoever wins the game, they put that color of the line in or whatever, and it's stupid, and I hate it, and that's, oh, that's my worst. It. That's it, yeah. That looks... So, like, when we win, they take out the yellow part, and it's <laughs> Missouri red. is way bigger than Arkansas. <laughs> I don't even see Arkansas on there, hardly. Exactly. That's terrible. That's funny. That is- <laughs> but it's, it's just this fabricated piece of crap rivalry that they shove down our throats, and it makes me mad, and I hate it.
It would have made more sense if you started an Arkansas-Texas A&M rivalry. Well, I mean, we've played 80 times, so that, right? ma- that makes sense. Right. You know? It literally looks like the state of Missouri trophy. I mean, that's all it looks like. Yeah, it, I know. It, yeah. yeah, it's just, that's horrible. Yeah. And to top it off, like, they mimicked it off of Arkansas-LSU has a trophy game, too. I don't know if you've ever seen that, the battle for the golden boot. I see the Yes, I've seen the Arkansas-LSU yeah. one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so that kind of makes sense, whatever yeah. you know. And plus, that one actually has you know almost three decades worth of history behind it. Yeah, this game is is not. So quit making it a thing, you know. Yeah, Anyways, I'll go, that's I'll, my worst. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll go music. I'll go with the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. I, I whined and moaned enough about that. Anybody else got anything? I'm getting hungry. Yeah, just Ole Miss's football season. That's all I got. Yeah. It's the worst. It was the absolute worst. Six times in the red zone and only two touchdowns. Disgraceful. Here's something that Ole Miss fans don't want to hear, and I understand it because if you're saying about my team, I'd probably feel the same way. Everybody saw this coming. Oh, no. I absolutely agree. When you you struggle against Tulsa at the beginning of this. Exactly. I'm saying. Yes. You're going to start 7-8-0 because your schedule was weak. I wish I had that schedule. Yeah. I do. Hundred ten percent. The cupcakes games go away, and you know what you guys remind me of? Desperado. It's an eagle song. Oh, I, was saying, I know the song. I didn't know if there was like a. <laughs> I didn't understand. I don't understand why that was connected. Either, it's kind of like the dog story. <laughs> <laughs> Desperado. Stella! All right, we're getting out of here on that. I'm going to go eat some snacks. Y'all have a great week. Thanks for listening. Hopefully we don't blow away. We'll see episode 71 next week, perhaps. Maybe not. Ugh.